Good morning, wet shavers and podcast lovers everywhere. It's Mark with GeorgeTune.com. It's time for another second cup. So grab a cup of coffee, kick back, relax, put in your earbuds, adjust your speaker volume, and let's talk some wet shaving, a little bit of this and a little bit of that, and it's all in podcast form. Second Cup is a podcast that will give you some additional information that didn't make the Monday morning mailbag deadline. This might be something that is time sensitive. For instance, a sale that could be ending before the next 3MB airs, or a piece of late-breaking information that viewers have passed along that is equally time-sensitive, or something else regarding the wet-shaving world that needs to be broadcast in a timely fashion. And we'll also have some time to chit-chat and discuss some other things like coffee, movies, streaming shows, books, that sort of thing. So thanks for tuning in to Second Cup. And I hope you subscribe to the podcast where you can also find episodes of the Monday Morning Mailbag in podcast form. I hope you're enjoying a cup of coffee with me. We'll get the show underway in just a moment. Thanks for joining me. Well, good morning, and thanks so much for joining me again on this broadcast of Second Cup. Great to be with you again. If you're taking me on your morning commute, thanks very much for the lift. I really do appreciate it. I hope I keep you company on that drive to work. Wow, we got a lot of stuff to talk about this morning. I hope you're enjoying a cup of coffee with me. I have a Franken coffee. (laughs) That's the only way I can describe it. It is uh, a lot of the excess uh, coffee grounds that, uh, you know, if I'm going to make a pot of coffee, and let's say I'm going to make four or five cups, and I grind up a bunch of coffee beans, whatever is left over, let's say I grind up, uh, you know, enough for, say, eight cups. Well, I take that that excess, and I put it into a little container, and uh, put that in my pantry, so that um, the next time I grind up some coffee beans, any excess, again, I put in that container, and it's different brands of coffee. (laughs) <laughs> that I have in there. So I don't know what brand this is. I'm just going to call it Franken coffee. But I got to tell you, it's a delightful cup of coffee. You ought to try it sometime if you have different coffee beans and you're grinding them up. Put them in a the container and kind of mix them up and see what you come up with. This is really a delightful cup of coffee. Uh, Franken coffee. Anyhow, before we get into the show, I want to talk a little bit about my uh, nephew's wedding. Uh, Mike and Brittany got married. Uh, about a week or so ago in Newark, Ohio. It was, uh, the wedding was held at the Sand Hollow Winery. Uh, and really a delightful evening wedding. I took John from uh, Shave Soap, uh, Aftershave and Balm, uh, from Phoenix Shaving. What a fantastic, fantastic scent to have for that uh, uh, evening wedding. It was just wonderful. Uh, I had about two days worth of beard growth because I skipped a day because just trying to get everything together. And I figured that I would shave right before the wedding. It was an evening ceremony and I'll, I'll be clean shaven and that sort of thing. And, um, worked out wonderfully well. I had with me a couple of razors. I had my Sinmirn, S-N-M-I-R-N, this is an adjustable razor. It's like a Futur clone. It has a magnetic cap. Uh, that was fine. It was good. It's a very, very, uh, it's a bargain uh, adjustable razor, and it's a nice razor, and it did an okay job. I nicked my earlobe with it for some reason. I don't know how that happened because the end tabs of the razor blade are enclosed in that razor head. 
However, I had my King C Gillette with me, and that's what I used to do the lion's share of the shave. What a fantastic, fantastic razor. We talked about this in the Monday Morning Mailbag. We had a viewer talk about how this King C Gillette was their first safety razor, and they absolutely love it. It is a wonderful razor for a beginner wet shaver. And uh, I love mine. I absolutely love it. And it did a, a, a wonderful, wonderful job. And uh, uh, gave me a terrific shave is what I'm saying. Uh, now, I had a styptic pencil uh, with me. It was a little larger than, uh, than, I, uh, than I wanted to take with me. It's a Clubman styptic pencil. And it closed up that nick on my earlobe with absolutely no problem. What I wanted to take but did not arrive on time was the Barber Up Green Sticks and Styptic Pencil Set. I showed this on the Monday Morning Mailbag. I wanted to mention it again because it really is a terrific product. The green sticks are like a book of matches, and each of those little match sticks have a little bit of alum on the end, like a match. And you can use that to dab into uh, any nick that you have uh, after your shave. It worked wonderfully well because... When I came back home from the wedding, I had a shave uh, the next day or so, and I ended up nicking myself. And I don't know how that happened, but, uh, you know, green sticks to the rescue, and it worked really, really well. And I also like the size of the styptic pencils. You get, you get three of them. They're a terrific travel size, and they will travel very, very well. And there's a lot of product there. Uh, you're not going to burn through it <laughs> on a weekend getaway, trust me. So that really is a terrific, terrific product. So I just wanted to mention that to you. And if you ever get into Newark, Ohio, it really is a delightful little town. I know that when I drove uh, from uh, Northeast Ohio area, yeah, I take 271 South to 71 South, and then just in the Mansfield area, I'm getting on 13 to continue uh, in a more southerly direction into Newark. Now, Newark is directly east of Columbus, but you don't want to go down to Columbus because you'll be too far west from Newark. That's why you take 13 into Newark. If you look on a map, you'll see uh, what I'm talking about. And you go through really delightful towns like uh, Belleville, Fredericktown, Mount Vernon, Ohio. Really, really nice, picturesque part of Ohio. Rolling hills, beautiful farmlands, just really picturesque scenery. And now that we're in the autumn season, we're going to see a changing of the colors. The leaves are all going to change. That part of Ohio is just going to light up. You're going to see some visual fireworks down there. It is going to be like a painting. Again, rolling farm hills, just beautiful, beautiful, picturesque rural scenes. Those leaves changing, it's just going to light up. So if you find yourself in that part of Ohio, Really, just take your camera, take your phone, because you'll see some beautiful, beautiful, picturesque autumn scenes. I can just imagine. It makes me want to just make the drive again, just to see all those beautiful changing colors. Now, I have to tell you, when I went to that wedding, I took my Vikings Blade Dark Raven Synthetic Shaving Brush, and it did a phenomenal job. I absolutely love that particular synthetic shaving brush has a really nice heavyweight base. It has a beautiful synthetic knot. It feels very much like a badger brush, but it just performs like a synthetic brush. Does a great job face lathering, that sort of thing. But this morning, I used the M7 brush from Simpson. What a fantastic, fantastic bowl lathering brush.
Let me give you the specs on it again. The overall brush height is 110 millimeters. That's about 4.3 inches. The handle height is 60 millimeters. That's about 2.4 inches. The knot loft is 50 millimeters. That's about two inches. And it's a 22 millimeter diameter knot. Wow, this brush packs a punch. I'm telling you, the handle is the classic uh, shaving brush handle. You've seen a lot of other manufacturers copy this design. Simpson originated this design. It fits wonderfully in the hand. It has some nice heft to it. It just is a wonderful, wonderful bowl lathering brush. And I'm stressing bowl lathering because they call, they, they say on their product page, the ultimate bowl lathering brush. Absolutely 100% correct. Now, uh, I had a shave with it this morning, and I used C.O. Bigelow Premium Shave Cream. This is Parasso Green. For all practical purposes, Parasso makes this for C.O. Bigelow. It's Parasso Green. It is a really wonderful shave cream, and I use that because I'm going to be using it in a review. I kind of wanted to take a test drive of it before I did the actual review on camera but I wanted to use a shave cream that is more widely distributed worldwide so all the viewers around the globe get an idea of how this shaving brush performs. It whipped up an amazing lather. I happen to use my shave bowl, shaving bowl. Now you can get this one on Amazon as well. And I'll link all this uh, below in the description in case you're interested in seeing these products and maybe even purchasing them. The shave bowl system uh, has a smaller shave bowl underneath that you can fill with hot water and then you can place another lathering bowl on top and it acts as a scuttle or you can remove that top part and just use the smaller uh, bottom lathering bowl to build your lather. It travels very well. They call it the travel bowl, the travel shave bowl. That's what I used. And uh, it is a. it does have a micro texture because it is made from a high impact plastic. And there is a little bit of a micro texture there. Not much, but for all practical purposes, it's fairly smooth. So I wanted to use something that didn't offer a lot of resistance say like my Starry Night Shave Bowl or uh, something that has a lot of grooves and a lot of ridges in it. I wanted to show how well the brush itself builds a lather. And it built a huge lather, heaps and heaps of lather. It was wonderful. Now, I often say that I'm a face latherer. This brush, this M7 from Simpson, is probably going to convert me to bowl lathering. This is a wonderful, wonderful bowl lathering brush. I am just so surprised by the performance. When you look at it, you think, well, it's not as rather diminutive in size, but it has uh, so much backbone to it. And it has the uh, platinum grade. Uh, well, here, here's what it says right here. This special edition M7 is turned using our stunning faux butterscotch rod and filled with Simpson Unique Platinum Grade Synthetic Fibers. Uh, and these fibers are wonderful. They're soft, but this offers so much backbone. It just built a tremendous lather. I am just so, uh, so impressed and delighted uh, by uh, its performance. So, yeah, if I'm ever going to be doing a uh, bowl lathering, this is the brush I'm going to uh, reach for. And now that we're into autumn and the nights are getting cooler, the mornings are going to be cool, days are going to be warm, but 
things are starting to cool down, you know I'm going to be breaking out the uh, the scuttles. And this brush, this M7 from Simpson, is something that I'm going to use with my scuttles. Absolutely, with my lathering bowls and my scuttles. And who knows, this might convert me to a bowl latherer from a face latherer. It really did a great job. And the flow-through is very good. While you're painting that lather on, the flow-through is just wonderful. I can't say enough good things about this brush. Uh, and uh, I just... I just really, really was so delighted uh, by how well it performed. Uh, it's, it is a little smaller in size. The knot is a little smaller in size. When you see it next to the T1 from Simpson or the T2, uh, that is the size knot. It's, it's very comparable to those knots, but uh, it has more backbone than the T1 or the T2. Uh, and therefore, it offers a little more rigidity uh, and really helps, that helps and aids to work up a really beautiful lather in the bowl. And I, I'm just I'm just so impressed by it. So uh, the uh, M7 uh, synthetic shaving brush with a platinum grade synthetic fibers from Simpson. Really, really terrific. I will link this below. Uh, and it's got the faux butterscotch handle. Thanks, Mom. Thanks, Jimmy V. I really do appreciate it. It was just, I, I'm just, it's just a splendid, splendid brush. So I can't thank Jimmy V enough for sending it along. It was wonderful. And I, again, I'm going to be doing a review on this. Uh, I'm going to have another shave with it on camera, and you'll see how well this performs. And I'll use the CO Bigelow Shave Cream, and I'll use the Shave Bowl Shaving uh, shaving Bowl again, and I'll use this brush. And uh Really, it just makes heaps and heaps of lather. So thanks again to Jimmy V, folks. The Simpson M7 Synthetic uh, Shaving Brush, the ultimate bowl lather brush. Viewer High Tech Hillbilly told us about artiusman.com. That's spelled A-R-T-I-U-S-M-A-N.com. And he was telling us about the uh, shaving cream that he had ordered and that the representative said, you don't need to use water with it. And uh, we were rather skeptical about that, but he was going to go ahead and order it and give it a try. Now, he emailed me a mini review that came along too late for the Monday morning mailbag, but it's just in time for the second cup podcast. And this is what he has to say. Wow, we have to talk about these products. Absolutely incredible. I only ordered the shave cream, but they also sent me the aftershave lotion. I'm not sure if it was an accident or if they are a new company and trying to drum up business. I emailed them and offered to pay for the shave lotion as well, but I haven't heard back yet. I've always just used old school alcohol-based splashes before. I love the bracing. I had talked to customer service and inquired if the shave cream was similar to others on the market. I was told it was meant to be used like a shave butter. I tried to use it as prescribed in my first pass and was very unhappy with the results. It looks like and is about the consistency of Taylor of Old Bond Street sandalwood. It was simply too thick. I took what was left in my brush, which was not much at all, and grabbed my mug. It was very evident it needed water. I splashed a little in the cup and all I can do is take a page from your playbook. Boom! Lather! Lather for days. And the smell. The smell jumped to life. In the jar, it was very subdued. Could barely smell the tea tree at all. Uh, it was overpowered by the mint. Once it lathered, the tea tree blooms beautifully. 
Again, I'm fairly new to wet shaving, but I've tried probably 10 common shave soaps. Parasso, Taylor of Old Bond Street, all the usual suspects. This left them all in the dust. The aftershave lotion was a refreshing change from my usual Aqua Velva Blue and Clubman. It was fragrant, but not at all overpowering. My only complaint was the shipping was a tad slow. It took four or five days to ship after I ordered. You can tell I'm spoiled by Amazon. I highly recommend you pick up a canister to try. I do not think you can be disappointed. They only have a few cents, but I'm about to order the rest to try. Wow, high-tech hillbilly. Thanks very much for that review. Now I'm intrigued. It sounds very, very interesting. Folks, I'll have a link below, rdsman.com. There's the review from High Tech Hillbilly. And uh, we'll talk about this again on Monday Morning Mailbag. I'll put this in my show notes for the next Monday Morning Mailbag so uh, we can talk about it again. Uh, He likes it. It was very, very surprising. He's delighted with the performance. And it needs water. So whoever the rep was that told him it didn't need water may have been misinformed or incorrect or misunderstood his question, but it needs water just like every other shaving cream or shave soap out there, Uh, with the exception of the uh, super slicks like Cremo, that sort of thing. But any of these lathering shave creams, shave soaps that you're using a brush, they need water is what I'm saying. So thanks very much for the review, High Tech Hillbilly. Really do appreciate it, folks. Again, ArtiusMan.com. I'll have the link in the description below. Viewer Lionel Perez checked in again regarding his King C. Gillette razor. Now, we've talked about the King C. Gillette at the beginning of the show. We've talked about it on the Monday morning mailbag. I have mine in my dop kit, and I have it uh, there as my travel razor. I've got a little leather razor holder, and I'm so glad I had it with me. Uh, for that wedding because uh, that really did the lion's share of the shave and just delivered a superior shave. Just a wonderful, wonderful razor. I like it a lot. Anyhow, Lionel writes here, Mark, I got a King C. Gillette a couple months ago and started using it. I do not understand why people are saying it's a bad razor at all. Well, you know what, Lionel? I haven't really heard that. Anyone that... uh, Anyone that I've been in contact with who has tried the King C. Gillette absolutely loves it. It's a fantastic, fantastic razor. Anyhow, he continues, I bought mine from eBay for $17, I think, and I must say I get some of my best shaves with it. I'm trying different blades on different razors and rating them in order to know which blades I like most and work best with which razor. So far, all the blades work fantastic with the King C. Gillette. Whereas with my other razors, including vintages, some blades do not work as well. So in my humble opinion, the King C. Gillette is really an awesome razor, especially for the money. In addition, I have no issues holding even when my hand is a bit wet. I would recommend that razor to anyone, novices and pros. Thanks for the videos. I really appreciate them. Stay safe and healthy Lionel. Lionel, I got to agree with you. I haven't had any issues holding the razor either. It's a fantastic, fantastic razor. Mild, efficient. I love the chroming of it. I love the weight. Uh, I just love the razor. I really do. And as I say, I've got it in a leather razor holder and uh, I just throw it into my dop kit where that leather holder keeps it nice and protected uh, as it's jostling around in there. And uh, it's really kind of my go-to travel razor. I know I have a, I have a, a Parker A1R travel razor. I've got a vintage uh, Gillette Tech travel razor. 
Uh, I've got some other razors that could be categorized as travel razors. Uh, and I'm, I'm sure they're all very, very good. But the King C. Gillette has that special place in my dop kit. I throw it in there. I know it's there. And it's just a reliable, reliable razor. Now, uh, we talked about the King C. Gillette. And the comment was on the Monday morning mailbag of how it reminded one viewer of some of the artifacts brought off the RMS Titanic. They brought back a three-piece razor off the RMS Titanic. And I happen to mention that in 2012, the 100-year anniversary of the tragic sinking of the Titanic, I read as many books as I could that year about the Titanic. And there is just a wonderful wealth of information out there. And as I explained, I'm just going to go over it again. I can't remember what the name of the phenomenon is. But uh, as the Titanic plunged to the bottom of the ocean, uh, when the cameras went in there, they saw sections of the Titanic that were completely destroyed. But right next to them were sections that were intact. In other words, you would see one room where people stayed that was completely destroyed. Next to it, you would see another room that was completely intact. Everything was in its place as if that ship was still floating flat on the surface above. It's as if nothing had moved. Uh, it's a really interesting phenomenon. I'll have to find out what it's called, do a little more research and, and, and get the book. It's a book I borrowed from the, uh, uh, from the library. I believe it was called Farewell Titanic. Uh, and um, it was one of the last visits the cameras and submersibles made to the Titanic because it is deteriorating from what I understand. But anyhow, I'm thinking, and this is just an assumption on my part, that these kinds of artifacts that were brought up from the wreckage were from these areas that were intact or mostly intact. Now, there's a lot of wreckage down there. I mean, don't, don't misunderstand me. But there are some of these pockets there, at least one that I know of that was discussed in the book, where everything was absolutely intact, really remarkable. So if you get a chance to uh, pick up uh, any of any books on the Titanic, uh, I'll try to get my reading list and post that below as well. If not, with this podcast, with a future Monday morning mailbag, or, um, well, I'll try to post it with this podcast is what I'm saying. I'll try to figure out what books I have. I'll go through my Kindle and <laughs> find out which books I borrowed and which ones I own. And I'll put that reading list there so that uh, if you want to read a little bit further about the Titanic, you can. And again, Lionel, thanks for all the great comments about the King C. Gillette. It really is a wonderful, wonderful razor. I received a really interesting uh, message from viewer Mark Bagwell. This is for anyone out there who owns a vintage Gillette toggle adjustable razor. And Mark writes, Remember my telling you we all learn from each other? Wow, something happened yesterday that really brought that home. I own a Gillette toggle. It's a beauty, but that damn adjuster dial was almost impossible to turn. I had considered selling it several times. If you remember, I talked to you about my disappointment in my toggle. Last night, I watched an old Ken Surf's video where he said something I had not known about the toggle. I tried what he said, and the adjuster turns beautifully and is so smooth. It was something I would never have tried on my own. Apparently... The Gillette toggles and red dots must be adjusted while in the fully closed position. I had never heard that. I naturally opened the doors to adjust like we do with other Gillette adjustable razors. 
This sounded so wrong, but I did it and it worked beautifully. Wow. Like I always say, we learn from each other. Uh, yeah, thanks very much for that, Mark. That is absolutely wonderful to hear. I don't own a Gillette toggle, but from what I've heard from Mark Bagwell and some other viewers, the toggle was abandoned by Gillette because the design was flawed. Well, here, as Mark Bagwell also explained, the toggle, they abandoned it because, in all honesty, it's a flawed design. It looks awesome, but the inner mechanism of a toggle is always rubbing against other components and will eventually wear down. Plus, it's a more difficult razor to both make and service. Several companies that restore vintage Gillette razors refuse to work on them. After I sent mine to Razor Emporium, they stopped servicing toggles, but have since started servicing them again. So the toggle is a difficult razor to service, but man, oh man, they look so cool. Yeah, Mark, I agree. It's a cool looking razor. Uh, I wouldn't mind having one in my collection, but I probably would be using it sparingly because of that wearing down of that component, that internal component you mentioned. But anyhow, that's from Mark Bagwell and anyone out there who is using a toggle. And if you have trouble adjusting it, uh, here is the solution. You want to keep those doors closed and everything uh, in place when you adjust it. Opposite of what we do with the Gillette Slim and the Gillette Fat Boy, where we're opening up those doors uh, and then adjusting it. With the toggle, it's the other way around. So thanks very much for passing that information along, Mark. Really do appreciate it. Viewer Rodney Ripplinger sent me an email regarding the Maxwell June Twin Blade Razor Starter Set. Now, this is what he wrote. Hi, Mark. I saw a link on Subi's YouTube channel for this site, meaning the MaxwellJune.com razor site. They have a device that makes a DE blade into a dual-bladed, single-sided razor blade. It fits into a razor that they sell as part of a system. Now, here's what they write. Are you ready for an amazingly close shave with less irritation? We're pleased to introduce our Twin Edge, an all-aluminum razor designed to last. The DIY cartridge is engineered with ample clearance between blades, so both hair and lubricant slide away as you're shaving. That means fewer clogs, less rinsing, and better performance for bigger jobs. Our easy-to-use loading press converts a single double-edge DE blade into a twin-edge cartridge by snapping the blade in half and clamping it in place on the head. Once you remove the razor from the loading press, you're ready to shave. Now, I have seen this video on how this system works, and it is amazing. All you're doing is taking the razor, you're putting the cap on the base plate. The base plate is already attached to the handle. You're taking that complete razor, cap, base plate, and handle. You're putting it into their mounting press. Then you're placing a double-edge razor blade flat over that razor head. Then you're taking um, another part of the mounting press and just pressing it on top, pressing it down, and it snaps the blade in half, inserts and mounts the razor blades perfectly. So now you have a double, you have a, you have a twin blade, single-sided razor. 
uh, much like you would if you were to buy a Gillette Track 2 cartridge, but you don't have the plastic waste involved with it. Really very, very amazing. And that's what they write here. We design for the future. The Twin Edge has a tiny environmental footprint compared to disposable plastic cartridges. 83% less consumable waste, if you can believe it. So uh, for the price of about $99, maybe $94, depending on uh, if they still have the sale going, you get one Twin Edge razor, one loading press, a five-pack of DE Astra green blades, and a metal tin, one metal tin for used blades. Pretty amazing system. I'm very, very impressed uh, how they engineered and made this. So if you're someone out there who really likes the Gillette Track 2, a double-bladed, uh, single-sided razor, and you don't want to uh, fill the uh, landfills with uh, plastic waste, this really bridges uh, the gap between uh, cartridge razors, disposable cartridge razors, and going over to a uh, a, a safety razor, a, a twin-bladed safety razor. Really remarkable, remarkable design. I will link their website below, and I will also link directly to that video demonstration. It really is pretty, pretty amazing. I'm impressed. So my thanks to Rodney Ripplinger for sending along the information. Folks, I will provide a link to the maxwelljune.com website. I'll also get a link where you can see this video and how this system works, how you mount a blade into the razor head, that sort of thing. It really is amazing. That's why I say time and time again, this is the best time to be doing the traditional wet shave. There is so much out there that's available to uh, wet shavers. Every time I turn around, there's something new, unique, and different out there that uh, can potentially really improve your morning shave. So thanks again, Rodney. Really do appreciate it. Now, before we wrap up, I want to recommend a movie that I came across this past week. Uh, it's something I saw many, many years ago when I was very, very young. It was a favorite of my late father's. It's from 1924. It's called The Thief of Baghdad, and it stars Douglas Fairbanks Sr. Now, for 1924, this was a state-of-the-art, epic, grand, colossal movie. I can just imagine what it was like in 1924, sitting in a theater and watching this movie on a large screen. It must have been an event. Uh, some of the things that the audiences saw on screen they probably have never seen in any other motion picture prior to this one. It really is an amazing movie for the day. Now, by today's standards, some of the visual effects are going to seem very, very dated, but some of them really still hold up quite well. You sit back and think to yourself, you scratch your head, how did they do that without digital effects, without... Uh, say, an optical printer. I don't think an optical printer came along until the 1930s. This is black and white, but they also did something uh, very unique to kind of set the tone and the time of day, the setting of the movie. They tinted various scenes. So if it was a nighttime scene, they tinted things to be a nice uh, mellow, dark blue. So you knew it was nighttime. If it was daytime, they tinted it 
to be a bright yellow so you knew it was daytime. There's a scene where the hero is going through the fire cave, so everything is uh, a fiery red. Uh, so that was really rather unique for the day. Technicolor didn't come along until maybe 10 or 12 years later. And I know there was an early two-strip Technicolor process that was quite experimental. And I think there was one film that Douglas Fairbanks Sr. made that utilized that process. But uh, for the most part, this was the way they did it. It was either black and white or they tinted uh, the film so it would have uh, just one color covering the whole frame of the film, so to speak. But it was quite good. Now, there, it is a silent film. There is a full orchestra soundtrack backing up all the action. If you go to a streaming service to watch this movie, get a good high-quality print so that you can see everything clearly because it really is a spectacle. It's an epic film. Uh, and the soundtrack fits perfectly with the action and the emotions on screen. Uh, there are some uh, streaming services out there that may not have an accurate orchestral soundtrack that syncs up uh, correctly with the action on screen. So make sure you get one where the soundtrack and the picture are in good sync because then it becomes all the more enjoyable because the sound becomes very, very uh, big and grand. The, 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 the soundtrack becomes very, very big and grand when there's a lot of action and it becomes very, very soft uh, when there is an emotional scene. Uh, I really, really enjoyed the film, and I enjoyed a lot of the visual effects. As I say, put yourself in the shoes of an audience member from 1924 uh, and kind of understand what they were seeing on screen uh, for the very first time. Uh, it really is a very entertaining movie. Now, a lot of the acting is over the top because there's no vocal soundtrack. There's no dialogue. The actors have to use these grand physical gestures in order to project the emotion to the audience. Once you, once you get beyond that, then you'll enjoy the movie all the more. There is something about a silent movie that really pulls you in to the action and the story. And it's a very, very good story. Douglas Fairbanks Sr. was 41 years old. Uh, old when he made this movie in 1924 he has the physical body of someone in his early 20s it's amazing his movements his acrobatics his stunts are very very smooth he glides like a dancer he has these cat-like reflexes jumping from uh, ground to ledge uh, up and down ladders uh really amazing to see him do all this. He was one of the original actors who did his own stunts, uh, much like we experience with, uh, say, Tom Cruise today, Jackie Chan, that sort of thing. Douglas Fairbanks was the person who did this originally. And uh, as I say, he was my father's favorite actor when he was growing up because Douglas Fairbanks Sr. was the original swashbuckler. Very, very physical. And again, his movements are uh, lightning quick, so light on his feet. You wonder, how, how is it that he jumped from uh, point A up to point B so effortlessly? Uh, just really amazing to watch. That in itself is very, very entertaining. So I really enjoyed the film, The Thief of Baghdad, starring Douglas Fairbanks Sr. from 1924. 
give it a look. Make sure you get a good print. If you can see it on as large a screen in your home as possible, all the better. Make sure you get um, the film with the original soundtrack that is perfectly synced up. The musical score is wonderful. I really, really enjoyed it. It was a nice change of pace. And if you're a film buff like me, you'll really appreciate being transported back to 1924 to enjoy this really original uh, film, a real original uh, story. Great characters, great storytelling. Matter of fact, this film was uh, selected for preservation in the National Archives or the National Film Registry or some such thing. I can't quite remember. I have to look at my notes again. But it is preserved. It's a national treasure. When you think about it, this movie's almost 100 years old. How about that? I often think also, just as an aside, I often think to myself, Everybody in the film is clean-shaven. And I'm wondering what they were using uh, to get to get ready for their scenes to make sure they didn't have any facial hair. I, I know there was makeup involved, that sort of thing. But I'm wondering, were they using a Gillette three-piece safety razor, an old type, something like that? Uh, were they using a straight razor? What kind of uh, shaving soap or shaving cream were they using? I would be interested uh, to know that because that thought did cross my mind when I was looking at many of the actors. Uh, but yeah, terrific, terrific movie, Thief of Baghdad, starring Douglas Fairbanks Sr. from 1924. Give it a look. Let me know if you think. Well, let me know what you think of it. If you enjoyed it or if you thought it was a complete dud. Yes. One more time, some of the effects in the movie are going to appear rather cheesy and hokey. Try to look beyond that and just uh, enjoy the movie for what it is from 1924. All right, Thief of Baghdad starring Douglas Fairbanks Sr., 1924 silent film. And that wraps up another Second Cup. Thanks so much for tuning in. I really appreciate it. I sure hope you enjoyed today's show. If you did, please share, please subscribe and pass it along to a fellow wet shaver or friend. My thanks to everyone who contributed to today's show. And I mean this sincerely. Without you, this microphone would be silent. If Second Cup or the Monday Morning Mailbag aren't showing up in your regular podcast feed, please drop me a line at mondaymailbag at gmail.com and we'll try to get it all sorted out. So again, thank you all very much. I look forward to getting together with you again on these podcast airwaves. Until then, enjoy the day, enjoy your shave, and enjoy that second cup.